but they're like the angels in heaven. And so we need to, we need to grasp that, that, that idea. God is presented as masculine, but that doesn't mean that he is literally a male, literally a man in the sense that we generally think about that. Now, we could do a whole lot more study and talking about that today, but today is Mother's Day, isn't it? And generally on Mother's Day, we want to we thank our mothers, those who have given birth to us. Um, we consider them to be special, and they should be. Uh, more cards, more calls, more gifts probably are given on this day than any other day, even on Father's Day. And many, many surveys and many uh, statistics have been given in regards to that. And you know what we do? We hold up a number of worthy women. And we say that these are examples of what a good mother should be. Truly, we ought to do that because there are many worthy mothers. But let me pose this question to you this morning. I want you to think about it carefully. From whom could we better learn some characteristics of great mothers than from the great creator of mothers? Who could we learn any better from than the one who made mothers? The one who created them and put them and gave them their roles that they are to have. And so this morning in the time that we have remaining together, I want us to, I want us to think about some things because the Bible teaches us that God has some characteristics that all worthy mothers should strive to attain. And I started our lesson out today by talking about God as a mother and talking about the masculine terms. I don't want us to forget that, okay? We need to understand that. We're, we're not trying to be inclusive of God and, and disregard anything that the Word of God has to say by what we're talking about today. But within the pages of the Word of God, God does portray Himself as, a, as having characteristics, if you will, remember what we're talking about, as having the characteristics of what not just a good mother would be, but a great mother would be. And so we can learn a number of things by looking at the character and the characteristics of God. Now all I want to do this morning is to present three of them to us, three passages in the Word of God that, that show us some characteristics of God that any mother and by the way, pretty much any human being, whether you're male or female, that you would do well to imitate. The first one is this. God is pictured as being lovingly intimate. Now what do you mean by that? Well, we're going to be turning to the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, and we're going to see some things that are found there in regard to God. But what I want us to understand before we read that passage is this. In Isaiah chapter 66, uh, that passage is looking forward in time to the time that the church would be established. If you know anything about the book of Isaiah, it has 66 chapters. And, and it's really termed the, um, as being a mini-Bible. And truly, it sort of falls into that category. The first 39 chapters seem to look backward. And the last 27 seem to look forward to the church and to the things that are in regard to our salvation. 
And if you know anything about the number of books in the Bible, we have 66 books in the Bible, don't we? The first 39 are Old Testament books, and the last 27 are our New Testament books. First 39 chapters in Isaiah, last 27. It sort of has a natural split there. And again, you've heard me say hundreds of times probably by now, when the Bible, when, the, uh, when it was penned, it wasn't penned Genesis 1, verse 1, and then verse 2. Those were later added. But as we look at Isaiah chapter 66, we're looking forward to that time um, that, that we have the church in existence and God's relationship with his church. But look down, if you will, in Isaiah chapter 66, and let's begin reading at verse number 12 together. For thus says the Lord, thus says Jehovah, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip and bounced upon her knees as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Do you see the relationship that God has with his church, with his people? Do you see what he says there? He talks about the intimate relationship that a child has with his mother. You know, it's been said that a child spends nine months nestled in the protective shelter of his mother's womb. And that's so true with most children. Sometimes they come a little early and they don't make it all that time, but still they've been nestled in the protective shelter of their mother's womb. And I like this quote that I read. It goes like that. this. It says, After the trauma of birth and being spanked by a stranger just to make him cry... He thinks he's had a rotten day. You know, that's the way it is when a, a baby is born. You want to make sure that, that they are breathing. And, and I'm not sure they still spank them the way that they uh, are portrayed sometimes on movies. But then somebody hands him back to his mother. He's able to snuggle, perhaps to nurse, but he's near that familiar heartbeat again. He's close and secure. And all is well. You know, it's different, isn't it? You see them, you see the child, the baby, as he finds that familiarness that he has with his mother. And that intimate relationship that most mothers have with their children continues on for great mothers. Notice how God portrays his relationship. He, he, he says that, that he's carrying them. Uh, that, that they will be able to nurse, if you will, to be fed. And he carries them, watch this, like a mother carries her child on her hip. What do you mean by that? You ever seen a mother? Sometimes the, the little boy, the little girl, their legs are almost dragging the ground. Maybe the mother is not all, all that tall herself. All, their feet are almost dragging the ground, but, but you know they're just sort of latched on to mama. Mama carries them around. Mama couldn't pick up a sack of taters that weighs 10 pounds, you know, sometimes, but she can hold a 50-pound baby on her side. Doesn't make any difference, does it? Have you ever noticed and thought about God? He says, carrying you on my hip. And, and look, he's not finished yet. And, and bounced upon her knees. See the little baby? How many, how many mothers and grandmothers and others, I'm sure, as well, 
how bounce their their little baby on their knees, you know, patting them. You see the preciousness of that. Oh, the awesomeness! Yeah, they're they're so comforted. Mama is taking care of her baby. God says, "That's what I'm doing for you, for my people, for for the people of the church, for Christians in the New Testament." God has that intimate relationship with us. And and notice here in verse 13 again in Isaiah chapter 66, as one whom his mother comforts. See, it's not just dragging that baby around. And by dragging, I'm not talking, I'm I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just talking about the way we talk about it down here. By dragging that little baby around, you know, on on her hips and bouncing that little baby on her lap, all the comfort that is there. Now with that thought in mind and that picture of God in our head, think about what is said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. This won't be on the screen. You can turn there if you want to or you can just listen. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I hope from now on when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, you have a different picture in your mind, a picture that's found back in Isaiah chapter 66. A picture of God as a mother carrying her little baby on her side, bouncing her little baby on her her lap, taking care, comforting that. The Bible says God comforts His people and the Apostle Paul comes back in the New Testament and reaffirms that, that God is there to be a comfort to His people. He comforts us like no one else. Notice three ways in which God comforts. When we think about the context of what is said here, what Paul is writing about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the context is going to describe the hardships of the Apostle Paul and other faithful saints that they were going through, that they were facing at that time. And so that teaches us that God is able to aid His people during times, during trying times or hard times. We also see that from this passage that God is able to comfort us when we suffer loss, perhaps even the loss of a loved one who's died in the faith. God is able to comfort us when we face the end of life's way and we have only eternity before us. And so God comforts us in hard times. And God comforts us in hurts. And God comforts us even when it seems as though everything else is hopeless. That's sort of like mothers, isn't it? They're there for us, and they want to comfort us no matter what. You know, mothers really can't be good mothers without following God's example because we really don't know how to comfort others without having God's example. And God's example of this intimate relationship is something that we, we and especially mothers, need to remember. 
But I want to caution us here. I want to present a word of warning. I believe that our society today and our culture today tends to hinder this particular kind of intimate relationship between a mother and her children. I realize that every mother needs some time off from her children. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? I've heard mothers, not jokingly, but literally, rejoice greatly because they're going back to work. And they can finally get away from those children, her, her own children. And I've heard that more than one time. You see, <clears throat> there's something wrong with that picture. And our society's paying the price for it today. We need to be very, very careful. Sigmund Freud had some really weird theories regarding the mother-son relationship and all that goes along with them and, and how there should be separation and rejection by the male child and his mother. But folks, what I want us to understand this morning is that God shows that there should be closeness between a mother and her offspring. You see, today's Mother's Day and the greatest example of one who, who could ever show us what a mother, a great mother could be, is God. Number two this morning, God is pictured also as being fiercely protective. Did you realize that? Fiercely protective of His children. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 32, beginning at verse number 9, there the Bible says, "...but the Lord's portion is His people." Jacob has allotted uh, his allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle, the scripture says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out her wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him no foreign God was with him. Focus on verse number 11 in particular. God says, I, I, I'm like the, the mother eagle in the nest. She, she flutters her wings. She's scaring any predator away that she possibly can. She is protecting them. One of them falls. And what does she do? She catches. You see the language that is found there. I have never had an experience with a mother eagle. Now, I did just a couple of weeks ago, there was a picture on Facebook that one of my friends up in Tennessee had made just not far from our house where we live for so long, an eagle was flying across the highway. And beautiful picture, just happened to catch it. And, uh, you know, there were, there were some that were there. We would see them occasionally. Never had an experience with a mother Eagle, but I have with a with a mother hog, an old sow. I walked in the pen when I was a young guy, teenager. Walked in the pen. She had her babies, and, and somehow or other, I surprised her. She didn't like that. She didn't like it a little bit, and here she comes. And you know what? You can run awfully fast in some situations, and I jumped the fence. Y'all may not think it. 
But I jumped the fence and she hit the fence. I mean, head on, full speed, right behind me. I sure am glad that fence was strong. She was coming after me. Never had an experience with a mother eagle, but I have with a mama dog. We had a German shepherd. Wasn't real friendly with some strangers anyway, but with us, she was always good. She had puppies. I went in where her puppies were. Again, I was still small. I was going to pet the puppies. Now, that didn't go too well either. You can run awfully fast in some situations. I did manage to get away from the dog that day. You see, mothers are protective. You talk about mama grizzlies, mama grizzly bears. God talks about mama eagles. He said, gives us a little picture of how mama eagles protect their, their young. And God says, I was like that with my people in the Old Testament. God's the same way for us today. God is fiercely protective of us. Let me tell you a little story that took place in the late 1980s. This was about a woman by the name of Elizabeth, Dr. Elizabeth Morgan. Dr. Morgan had three degrees. She had uh, a degree in biology from Harvard, her medical doctor, her MD from Yale, and a psychology degree from the University of Canterbury in New Zealand. But she spent a couple of years in prison, in jail in Washington, D.C. The reason she did that was to protect her then six-year-old daughter from rape. Her daughter, by the name of Hillary, had begun to show some signs of sexual abuse. She was examined by numerous doctors, 13 to be exact. Eleven of them concluded that she had definitely been abused. However, the judge in the case ordered that Hillary, the little six-year-old girl, spend a two-week unsupervised visit with her father, the one who had evidently been abusing her. And rather than allowing that to happen, Dr. Morgan smuggled her daughter to New Zealand to live with her parents who were there to get the little girl out of the reach of the court system. She was held in contempt of court. She wouldn't reveal her, doctor or her daughter's whereabouts. And she was only released from jail by a literal act of Congress. You know, sometimes we talk about something is hard to do and take an act of Congress to get it done. That's what it took to get this woman out of jail. Uh, the District of Columbia Civil Contempt Imprisonment Limitation Act was passed in order to get Dr. Morgan out of jail. You see, this woman was willing to risk everything to protect her daughter. Willing to risk her career as a doctor as a psychologist, all of the things that she had. She was willing to risk all of that because as a mother, she was protective. Back in the Old Testament, God said, I'm like a mother eagle. I'm protective 
of my people. Now, that should make us think of some New Testament verses differently as well. What about what is said in the book of Acts chapter 18 at verse number 10? You see, God sends an angel to tell Paul while he is in Corinth, by the way, he says, I'm with you and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. Focus on the first part of that. God tells Paul, I am with you. God is fiercely protective. Think about two other verses. Matthew chapter 28 at verse number 20. Part of what we call, you know, we always quote this when we quote the Great Commission. We're to go and to teach, to make disciples. But then he says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And watch this. Behold, I am with you to the, through the end, or to the end of the age. I'm with you. God's fiercely protective and he's there with me. And he's there with you as we go about doing his work. What about Hebrews chapter 13? Verses 5 and 6. There the writer says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he follows it up with these words. Don't ever forget this. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? When I think about that passage and I think about God being so protective, what am I to fear? Because my protector has promised to always be with me. But God presents His protection from the standpoint of what a great mother would do, a mother eagle. But then last of all this morning... God is also pictured this morning as being endlessly devoted. Endlessly devoted. In the book of Isaiah again, this time chapter 49, we go to verse number 15. There's a question that's presented there. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. You know... Mothers can and sometimes do forget to be devoted to their children. Some of you may remember a number of years ago there was a woman in South Carolina by the name of Susan Smith. Anybody remember that? Susan Smith strapped her, buckled her, two young sons in their car seats and drove them into a lake. That's not a devoted mother. In McMinnville, Tennessee, a few years ago, a woman by the name of Jenny Bain Ducker strapped her two small children in her car and left them for 10 hours in the hot Tennessee heat, summertime heat, while she went and drank and partied with four men in a hotel room. Some mothers forget to be devoted to their children. 
But more often, mothers are the ones who care for their children no matter what. Because they're like God. God cares for us no matter what. He's devoted to us no matter what. Through all sorts of illnesses, mothers spend countless hours rocking and caring for children. Child is never too sick or never too, and let's put this in quotation marks, never too ugly from disfigurement or disability for a devoted mother. They're there to protect and to care for, to be devoted to them no matter what. You may have heard Christina's story before. Christina thought that she could do better away from home. And so she went out, she went to a city, she lived for a while, and it wasn't quite as easy as she thought it would be. And so to feed herself and to have a place to live, she turned to prostitution. She knew that was wrong. She could think of nothing she wanted more than to go home. But she was too embarrassed. She had turned herself into something that she never dreamed that she would be. Her mother, by the name of Maria, had heard through the grapevine, if you will, about her daughter's fall. She tried to find her. She couldn't find her. And so Mother Maria, she left her picture in different places with a handwritten note, a message on each one. One day, Christina found one of those pictures. She pulled it down and looked at it. and She saw that message. I love you no matter what you've done. Please come home. And she did. You know, there's a story in the book of Luke, chapter 15, that is a lot like that one. Except it's a father with his son who leaves. And you know, I've often wondered, in the story of the prodigal son, where was the mother? Maybe she was dead, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Where was she? But regardless of where this particular mother was, you know what that story's about? It's about a devoted father, God, who like a mother who would not forget her children, back in Isaiah chapter 49 at verse 15, our God is like that because he doesn't forget us. You see, he's so endlessly devoted to his children. As we close this morning, many have been blessed with wonderful mothers who love them dearly, who love them more than anything else or anyone else in this world. However, as good as our mothers can be, they can never measure up to God who sets the ultimate standard for every mother. Mother, the bars are high, aren't they? When we think about God describing himself in this way and showing this is what he actually would expect of a mother. The bar is high, but mothers need to strive to, to
to meet that standard. But I'm not just talking to mothers this morning. You see, I'm talking to all of us who have a mother. (laughs) I think that makes me talking to everybody. You see, we should all honor and praise them when they're trying. I hope you were paying attention as Christopher read this morning from Proverbs chapter 31, especially in verses 28 and 30 after describing that that faithful woman, uh, the beautiful picture of the, the wife and the mother that's there. Verse 28 said something like this. It said, Her husband praises her. Her children, they rise up, they grow up, and they too praise her. Verse 30 talks about how that she is worthy of that. Honor your mother. If she's still alive today, give her a call, write her a card. But don't just do it today. Do it the rest of the year too. God loves us more than any mother on earth ever could. You see, He has perfect love. And He too deserves to be honored and praised in your life. You may be doing that with your mother, and I hope you are. But I just want to ask you this morning, how are you doing with that in relationship to God? Are you honoring and praising Him in your life? If you find yourself having not been doing that like you know you should, I hope you'll consider a change in your life. I hope you'll believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, be willing to make that great confession because you've repented, you've turned uh, turned yourself around from what's wrong to what's right. And confess the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God. And I hope that you'll be immersed into Him, for all spiritual blessings are in Him. I hope that you'll do that. That's a part of honoring and praising His name. Maybe you've done that in the past, but you haven't been doing what God deserves. I'm not even going to say what you, what you need to do. You haven't been doing what God deserves. You haven't been honoring Him and praising Him with your life. Do you realize He's the one who wants to carry you on His hip like a mother, to bounce you on His knees and comfort you like a mother. He's the one who wants to protect you like a mother. He's the one who wants to be devoted to you and is devoted to you, so much so that He made it possible for you and for me, for every one of us, to be able to come home and live with Him eternally. Today is Mother's Day, but it's also the Lord's Day. And if you need to get your life right with the Lord today, and we can assist you in any way, why don't you come right now?